Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here with another anticipated interview with none other than the OG Ankle Picker himself, Tony Gravely. How are you, Tony? Welcome back. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing amazing. We're good. And it's uh, even better to get you fresh off a W. We'd love to see it. And with that, we actually have a lot of questions about this most recent fight and, and, a, and a lot of respect given as well. Um, Danny, lead it off because I know you got a couple j- right off the gate. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to start it off the same way the fight started. In that first 15 seconds, did that fly in land? I think that everyone's curious. I don't, I honestly, I haven't watched it back, but from what I remember, I remember, I specifically remember like toes going into my eye. Like, you know, oh, okay. even if it's like when a finger gets your eye, I specifically feel that, but I've heard um, maybe two or three people say something about a knee. So maybe it was a knee. I honestly haven't watched the fight yet, but I could have sworn it was like toes. It was from like a kick that, it was kind of a subtle kick. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was, it landed. Cause I, I blocked from what I can remember, I blocked the top of the foot and the toes kind of like flicked up into my eye. It wasn't like a, a, a big, like, you know, thing. It was kind of like just happened to catch the end of the toes. And then um, it kind of was one eyed for a second and we were in like a scramble. And I just remember uh, going from uh, getting hit in the eye to being in the guillotines. <laughs> yep. And I'm glad you mentioned the guillotine because that was something I wanted to bring up. So I remember in the Anthony Burchek fight, um, there was a pretty tight guillotine at some point. And I know, I believe uh, five of the seven losses have been submissions. And I want to tip my cap to you for taking this fight to begin with. I know um, a guy like Sean O'Malley comes to mind as a guy who kind of dodges wrestlers because he he, he fights people that are primarily going to fit into his game plan. Is that something that you deliberately don't want to shy away from as far as a guy like Oliveira who, who's excited to work off his back? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a grappler myself. You know, I, I've had submissions in the past, but majority of them have actually come from um, just as a wrestler, giving up my back when in jiu-jitsu you're not supposed to. So um, now that I get the opportunity to, um, to train with high-level guys and I don't get away with things like that, like giving my back up. So, um, you know, now – I'm to the point where in a fight, I don't let that happen. So, um, you know, that, that, that itself is gonna, gonna keep me from putting myself in in bad position from the start. But, um, you know, as a wrestler, I I get in those positions all the time. So, um, that's just a part of it. You know, you, you defend takedowns and I mean, defend submissions and, um, you know, for the first couple are usually can be pretty, pretty tight and pretty hard. But after that, it, it's, um, you know, people slowly start to get tired. And the more you're on top of somebody, the more they hold your weight, the more tired they get. So it kind of um, in the long run, if you can, you can fight off those, those first couple, and then usually towards the end, it, it's not um, as difficult, but, but I mean, it can still happen. You know, you can still, you can get submitted any moment. Oh, for sure. So I never, I never, I never, uh, you know, am like, you know, think there isn't a threat, you know, it's, it's a fight. There's a threat 
from bell to bell, you know, anything could happen. So, you know, I, I just, I, um, I train with the best, you know, fighters in, in general in the world. So, um, every day I'm putting these bad positions. So that way, when I go out there um, they're not as severe as they should, as they would normally be if I, if I was never in those bad positions, um, in the practice room. Right. Like we do. Well, I just noticed, like, I'm, I want to just tip my cap to you because I, I noticed so many guys pick and choose and, and we tape a lot of fights. And so I've seen a, a ton of your fights from not only the first interview, but the second interview and also taping before fight week. And, and you do not shy away from any fight, regardless of what type of threat they bring. And your wrestling foundation is so phenomenal that I've watched over the course of your young career, how much more down. I mean, this most recent performance with Oliveira, I mean, the, the top pressure and the top control you had was just some of the more dominant I've seen at one thirty-five. period. I mean, it was just, it was just relentless. Um, and, and even when he had you in a guillotine, I was like, Oh, and boom, popped out and just right back to it. It was just, it was a, it was a majesty. It was perfect. It was a masterclass to watch. I appreciate it. That, that's like I said, that's good old American wrestling. It's, yeah. Just grind. It's a grind. They stand up, you put them back down, they stand up, mm -hmm. you put them back down. So just being like a wet blanket, you know, constantly doing, doing what you need to do to, uh, to stay in control and return to the mat. So, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of work. Um, but I've been doing it for the majority of my life. So that, that, that style of fighting is something that I could do for a long time, even though it's tiring for me as well. I, I can only imagine how I know how tired right. the guy underneath me is. Right. And, and that top control that Reese mentioned, um, was that your game plan, your plan A, I guess, going into the fight? Or is that kind of just how it wound up with the scrambles right away and, and all the different grappling positions? That's kind of how I expected. You know, um, he's, he's mostly – so he, he was um, – like a Muay Thai fighter and a jujitsu fighter. So like that in between of wrestling um, was something that I know a lot, a lot of the um, jujitsu guys and, and, and Brazilians in general don't have a lot of is the actual, the wrestling part, um, you know, and that's, that's, you know, what I've done majority of my life. So um, that itself, I, I knew that was, that was my biggest advantage, you know, that in between and just making sure that I, I kept myself in, in good positions where, um, you know, there were certain times where I felt like I, I probably played a little too safe. I, I felt like if I would have like tried to throw, um, throw hooks in on top that I was going to get, um, kind of like get shaken off just because the way his base was, he was very like tripoded. I felt like I was going to go over his head. So I just kind of stayed behind like a, like a tight waist and just kind of stayed, um, behind his arms. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's pretty much what I expected. You know, we, in the whole week. And, and leading up to the fights, specifically the week of, we practice defending guillotines off the cage over and over and over, switching to a single leg, same thing, and um, just drilling, um, drilling uh, the position where um, we're against the cage. You return them, they stand up. You return them, like constantly doing that. You know, in the drills, we end with a submission and the finish. But I didn't get the finish, but I did the majority of the work. You know. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. The work, the work was persistent. I mean, and it shows too, like, it's just amazing to be able to keep that pace and a guy who he was continuously active on his back. And like you said, it was just back to the ground and then back for more. I mean, and, and even if, even though you're exhausted, like you said, I can't even imagine what he was feeling late round two, early round three, and it's just right back on his butt. Oh, it's, yeah. it's definitely a pace that is remarkable to watch as a fan. 
I appreciate it. I actually thought I thought and I in my head I expected him to, to like get more tired and, and probably break towards the end of the second and being a third, but he he has a good cardio as well. You know, it mm-hmm. the people talk about like the takedowns I got, but he had to get up that many times for me to take him down that many times mm-hmm. too. So respect to him for um his cardio and just being tough and, and squirmy and not quitting. Yeah. Diving a, a little bit into the fight camp, was there anything that you prepared that you wanted to show off that you just didn't get the opportunity to? Um, I, I wanted to, I, you know, wanted to strike a little more and, and specifically um, I, I would have liked to get a submission. You know, I, I have gotten better. My grappling's gotten a lot better. I've, I've, I'm a grappler, a wrestler, but um, and I don't have a ton of submissions and uh, I've gotten better with my submissions, knowing positions that, that I can be solid in without um, giving up position and stuff like that. So um, I would have liked to get a finish, um, you know, by submission or maybe a ground and pound, but you know, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen the fight yet, so I'm sure I'm gonna go back and and pick myself apart, you know. But uh, but uh, yeah, definitely later in that round too, you had some ground and pound opportunities that I thought could have finished it. And there were times where like I'd hit him, and it looked like it was like um, they looked pretty heavy, and it looked almost like there's a certain feel when people they like kind of collapse a little. And I was thinking, oh, this is it, and then you pop back up, you know, it's like yeah. it's like possum or something. Well, as the viewer too, like we had a similar thing where it was like, oh, this has got to be it, right? It, it, this is, I mean, this is so much that you just pop back up. Yeah. Um, and again, also, I, I know from everyone here, we want to thank you for coming on the show. I mean, this is right off that victory. If you haven't had time to watch it back yet. We really appreciate you giving us the time too, just to pick your brain on it because it's so fresh. And we've, I've seen it a ton of times, but um, thank you for coming in here speaking of the fight camp too it was over the holidays did that cause you any trouble like i know for me i I pack on five to ten easy during the holiday season um (laughs) with someone trying to stay on weight keep mind focused on the camp did that cause you any issues or is it just all business it's it's all business like this this time's a little different because we usually um you know for the holidays for thanksgiving and christmas we usually um like almost always either you know go see my parents or my wife's parents um, but this time we, we kind of went, um, almost like between the two for a little bit, okay. um, just to kind of do both just to see. And, um, you know, but I, I didn't really want to, it's, it's kind of hard to not necessarily hard, but I didn't want to start a complete, you know, like a, a, a big, you know, progression of training and then just stop right in the middle and like, you know, stop doing stuff. So, um, you know, we kind of, we kind of had things here. We had like a Friendsgiving one of my buddies um, from, from Jupiter um, near us that I wrestled with in college. We had Thanksgiving over his house and, and, uh, but, but now after this, we're actually, we're going to do like a little family, family trip after this. We're going to go with my wife's parents. We're going to go to Universal Studios, I think Mm. in a week or two. So as I look forward to. Yeah. That'll be an absolute blast. Have you been before? Yeah. I've been a couple of times. We, we've been, we've been more to Disney than Universal. And I remember when I was younger, I always thought Universal was better. But like the mm-hmm. older I got, the more I like um, appreciated the details in like the Disney parks, you know, like, it's you know, insane. just seeing all the scenery and all the little things that they do. So um, Universal, I feel like it's more for like big kids that, you know, it, there's some there's some areas like the the Harry Potter area and stuff like that. That's really detailed. But yeah. for the most part, um, I felt like it's, you know, roller coasters. Oh, I take that back. There's a uh, there's um 
you know they got like movie rods that are very detailed they, so yeah like, it's like mm-hmm. an immersive I forgot about that thing. yeah well actually this is a great question uh, do you do like i mean you're busy obviously training all the time and fights is what do you like to do to kind of keep your mind off of that kind of stuff i mean are you a big movie guy video games i mean what, where do you spend I, your time I'm actually, I'm like an old man, like me, me and my wife, we're, we're like old people, you know? So we, we do, uh, we do a lot of puzzles. Oh, so, uh, very cool. Um, we, we do puzzles. Um, she, she likes to play call of duty. I, I'm not the best at games, but oh, the no games way. I do play are like, um, I will play call of duty sometimes, but I'm no good. I, I suck. You know, okay. she's pretty good, but, um, I'll play like Assassin's Creed, um ufc those are pretty much like the only two i play i've never been i mean as a kid i was kind of big on games but the older i got the more like less time i kind of had to to do to do it you know so um i'm not huge into video games but for the most part you know we just um we do puzzles um eat and uh another thing i like to do see this i'm getting old i'm getting i I know i'm getting old i um so where we live, like you can't see in the back, but it's because it's dark. But so there's a, there's a patio out there and we got like a little, like a little lake thing back there. And um, we always have like a bunch of ducks. There's all kinds of birds. And I actually like looking out of the, out of the back and I got a bird feeder. I look at the birds, like all the different types of birds. So I'm, I'm old. <laughs> I, have two, I have two jut out questions and I don't want to go too far on a tangent, but, but two quick ones. Uh-huh. Uh, one PlayStation or Xbox guy. I have Xbox. Xbox. Okay. And two, uh, have you seen the Sopranos before? I haven't. No. Oh, okay. They, never mind then. That 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 cuts off that tangent because he, he's obsessed <laughs> with birds. No, don't worry about it. It's gonna be pointless, anyways. Do you uh bird watching question? Do you play as yourself? You play as yourself no, ever? Well, I'm not. I'm not. So the goal. Well, hopefully soon. You know, I have a character in the game, but I, I don't have a character. And you know, you do like story mode where you you'll make you know yeah. as close to you. But for the most part, I actually enjoy playing as my teammates. I'll oh, get I somebody like from the gym. Oh yeah, it's really cool. I'll go in there. Um, I'll get like you know somebody from the gym that I you know train with, which is a lot. You know, yeah. and I like to I like to get them and and uh and fight with them. So, but you know, in the future. When there's a UFC, what number are they on? Four right now? They're on three, four, yeah. Three, four. So hopefully four. I'm on five. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Then, you know, on five, I can I can play as myself. EA is going to get four strongly goal. worded emails after this show about <laughs> needing to add you into the game because that's, that. that can't happen. Also, <laughs> do you remember cool. the one uh, on, against the fight, uh, Anthony uh, Burchick? Burchick. Uh, you, you did a predict on our podcast that you'd finish him in round two, and you uh-huh. did that. So you yeah. made our listeners some money. So uh, – Thank you very much for that. Yeah, that was awesome. And then people actually—it's crazy that people were like, "All right, I'm taking his word for it." And actually, yeah. <laughs> money up there, you know, There's confidence. Confidence speaks. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like you know, when you think about fighting, um, it goes through your head so much. Like you, you constantly plan every scenario, and like sometimes, like you have dreams of stuff happening, or you like really just feel like, you know, sometimes it's not every time, but most of the time, you really feel like a fight's going to go a certain way, and it pretty much went how I expected it to go. Right. Well, you're, you're 12 days removed from your last victory. Uh, how are you feeling? Any kind of medical suspension? Or are you healthy? No, I'm good. You know, I, uh, my eye was swollen. I was, it was this, uh, I had to go back and see if it was a toe or a knee. So <laughs> yeah. uh, way, it hit me here. It was the first couple of seconds. It was kind of swollen in the fight, but that was it. I mean, that, other than that, um, I'm sure I got, I know I got hit a couple of times, but in the fight, you don't really feel it. Yeah. Um, no, nothing, no injuries, no, no, uh, no broken bones, no broken, you know, so I mean, that's, that's incredible to hear. I mean, how, how, 
how active are you trying to be this year? Uh, were you back at ATT the next day or are you giving yourself some time off much earned by the I way? I took some time. Usually there've been times where like I would go back the, you know, the, the following week, but um, you know, this time I just kind of took, took more time because leading up to this fight, like every, every fight camp is different. You know, everybody, you know, they can still be a good fight camp, even though you, everything isn't perfect. You know, that's how it is. There are fight camps where um, there's, Sometimes it feels like you can't get a consistent week of great training. Sometimes you have a great week. Sometimes it's perfect. Sometimes, you know, you have a great week, then the next week's bad. But um, you know, this fight's been like kind of kind of on and off, you know, wasn't wasn't the best, not not because of um, you know, like anything anybody else did. It's just um sometimes your body just just is tired, you know. I've mm-hmm. I've a tendency to uh to overwork myself and under recover. So um, actually about two weeks from the fight, my coaches made me kind of like dial back on the stuff that I was doing. So I was kind of doing a little too much and that, because that's, that's all I know to do, you know, from wrestling and things like that. All you know is hard work and you don't really think about like, oh, well, if I, if I exert too much today, tomorrow, I may not be fresh and I may not get as much of a productive workout. So like I said, the older I get, the more I learn that um, the recovery, the rest, the sleep, is just as important as the actual hours spent um, training and stuff like that. So I took the past uh, last week off. So this week, yesterday was the first time I was back in the gym and I thought I was going to be like really sluggish, but actually felt pretty good. So good. better than I awesome. thought. Yeah. So do you want to like, do you have like a certain amount of fights you want to get in a given year or do you just kind of take it play it by ear? I would, I would like to get um, like four fights this year would be great. You know? Yeah. So I, I love the uh, January start because we we were hoping to, that would give you a couple more times to fight this year. Yeah, that's that's what I like too. Uh, last time I think it's my first fight of the year was like April, mm-hmm. so which you know only leaves but so much time. So, um, but I, I would like four. Four would be at least three because of the last two years have been two, which is the least I've you know had right. ever throughout my career. But um, so at least three, but four would be like the ideal for me. Yeah, you, and and or go ahead, Dan. Do you have any names on the tip of your tongue, or anyone? I, I got. I, I got. I actually got a big list. Of like <laughs> a, a big list, but one one off the top of my head is um, is a guy named Chris Gutierrez. He had a. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. I almost forgot. Uh, my father in law reminded me. Um, and uh, he he actually he called me out after in in an interview. He mentioned how he wanted to fight me. It wasn't really like a crazy call out you know he mentioned you want to fight me on, a, on an interview yeah. you know so i consider it a call out but um but uh you know this is right after the continue series this is a couple of years ago actually so it was like two mm-hmm. years ago so i'm i kind of forgot about it but um you know I, I think that would be a good fight he's probably i think he's like four and five and one four and one ufc so he's got a good ufc record so um i, I like to fight him i think that would be a good fight yeah, what's the What's the process like for you selecting opponents? I mean, are your coaching team and your management team involved or is it just kind of how you're feeling? So usually, um, I mean, like as fighters, you, you always have the say so of who you want to fight, who you do and don't want to fight. And usually how it works is the, the matchmakers, my matchmaker, Sean Shelby, there's Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby. And um, I think those are the main two. And there might be someone else, but those are the main two. And, uh, you know, every each one of them has like a different weight class that they have. But mine is Sean Shelby. So usually how it works is, you know, he'll contact my manager and, um, you know, he'll send a name and he'll send a date and he'll say, um, let me know what you think. And then, you know, most time it's 
which time we go with it. And then uh, that's usually how it works. So you can, but it, I guess it kind of helps, you know, to, to have an idea of who you would like to fight. And if you can get the ball rolling and, and like, you know, skill set. Out, stuff like that, then it kind of makes it easier, you know, for the, for the matchmaker. So, yeah. I mean, we were just looking at 135 to begin with, and it's just so such a jam fest, like yeah. right in the middle there, but there's a lot of good fights yeah. um, for you. And there's also a lot of activity coming up in the next, like, little bit um i know guys just right above you and right under you are, are pretty active so there might be a clear path coming up um in the next couple of weeks and i know we're really excited to continue to watch the your career progress it's just been phenomenal to watch so far um before we let you go we, we there's a title fight coming off at the, at the top of the division uh would love to hear your thoughts on that what do you what do you think between uh piotr jan and aljo sterling any any thoughts I, I've got Jan again. I mean, I, I've, I've gotten a chance to train with him. He actually came to ATT, the fight that he got disqualified. He came and um, I never got to spar him, but I watched him spar and he, he, he is good. He's, yeah. he's one of the most technical strikers and he doesn't get tired. His takedown defense is good. And um, he, he's, he's got better grappling than you would think, you know, but yeah. getting him down is, is hard, you know? So I, I don't think it's going to be much different from the last fight. You know, I think it, you know, obviously, um, Sterling is going to want to get him to the ground, but I don't know if he can, you know, and if he yeah. does, he's, he's hard to hold down too. So, um, but you know, on the feet, it's, it's completely one-sided, you know? So yeah. I, I think Jan's going to win again. Um, and I think it, I think he'll, he'll probably, it, it may go five rounds, but he can pop, he can finish him. He, he's got that kind of, and he's not like a one punch type of fighter. It's an accumulation over yeah. and over, like constant. Like that Aldo fight. That Aldo yeah. fight, yeah. Yep, exactly. It's just wear and tear, yeah. It, it's it's yeah, it's a long one. That's interesting, and, and so I already know sooner rather than later. I don't want to get too far ahead, but we're gonna be asking you how we think you're gonna take down Jan. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully, in the next couple of years, I you know that I'll get I'll get my chance. That's the goal to get up to that. Definitely. But you never know. I mean, at that point the belt could be changed you know you yeah. never know there's so many there's so many studs in this division that you know the next year this at the end of this year things would be completely different you, know? Sure. So you yeah, know 135 is is wild you found yourself a home for sure there, there's and yeah. you're right in the thick of it too i mean you're you're a name that i think a lot of the other fighters are uh trying to skirt around a little bit uh <laughs> when i look at 35 and i've you know i've watched all these guys fight I can see there's a lot of easier call outs on there than, than throwing your name out there. <laughs> in a 4-0 2021, that's pounding on the door of the rankings. Yeah. I appreciate it. 2022. Um, yeah. So we, we thank, thank you so much again for coming on. Uh, it's an absolute blast. You're uh, a perennial family member of the show here. And we, we thank you a ton. Um, I appreciate so, you guys yeah. for having me back on. Absolutely. Anytime. You're always welcome. So looking forward to having this chat again soon. Awesome. Oh, one one quick question. Yeah. How do you guys get the ankle pick podcast? Is it my wrestler? The what's up? The name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, I have so a lot. No, I don't think any of us have a wrestling foundation. Uh, Parker recently uh, took up jujitsu. Believe it or not, a okay. couple other of us have trained jujitsu before. But I actually, it was that. Have you ever seen that Tony Ferguson uh, when he threatens Verdum with the ankle pick? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where it came from. It's an homage to Tony. Yeah. It was kind of a meme. Tony Ferguson was like, 
threatens Verdum, who's obviously at heavyweight. He goes, I'm going to ankle pick you if you don't sit down. And, and that's where okay, okay. big pod. But um, I didn't know if you guys had wrestled. I was like, ankle picks, that's a wrestling move. I wonder if you yeah. guys wrestled. So. No, but I, we just from watching tape and then also knowing how it's like a, a transition to, to get a lot of people to the mat um, is where it came from. But yeah, okay. uh, funny story. I don't know if we've ever told that story, actually. Yeah, no, so you're the first to ask. Appreciate <laughs> you asking. Um, and, and, and looking forward to chatting to you again soon. So thank you so much, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good one. We are back, Ankle Pickers. How fun was that with Tony Gravely? Thanks again for his time. The OG Ankle Picker. The OGest of the OG. Loved having him back on. Uh, we've got our standard operating procedures following. We've got news and notes. We've got PJJ with our resident BJJ. And we have a fight preview for Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson back at the apex this weekend. So let's jump right into all of that noise. Um, the only piece of news and notes that I have that's not fight announcement related is Kevin Holland. We can get, we can get into that real quick. <laughs> Just absolutely taking care of an internet troll who kept calling him out a BJJ guy from Brazil that Kevin Holland took the liberty of flying him out to his gym and proceeded to tap him with ease. Posted the video. Just Prop, props to the guy for showing up, but I mean, not props, but no yes. real respect. Yeah. Right. Um, Kobe, I don't want to, you know, step on your toes here, but uh, I have a, a couple news and notes. One, for anyone who does follow the sports card world, which we do talk about quite a bit here. The newest rookie card set and like prism set got delayed until March. Uh, sad news because it was about to be um, this week, actually, which I was really excited for. Got delayed to March. That was one piece of news. The other piece of news is, oh, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but it sounds like it's not like officially announced, but like informally it's happening. The, they're just waiting on visa, but uh, Hamzat Gilbert Burns apparently is like done. And at this point, it's just the only reason why it's not announced yet is for uh, Hamzat uh, visa concerns, which so if you haven't seen that officially, but I, I know that that's the, the running around the rumor mill. But the main thing, the, the main reason why I stepped on your toes was for the new Panini set. Yeah, that's that a Hamzat Burns fight was not something that was on my radar just yet because unofficial, but we were just yucking it up with Gravely a second ago. Yeah. Talking about the concerns of Hamzat being closer to 185 and Burns being closer to 155. Right. That's a fight we talked a little bit about casually, kind of as it was rumored and whatnot. And we'll get into a lot in more depth as it gets closer to the fight. But that's one I'd probably be pretty interested in the opening odds on. Mm, yeah i mean yeah for you're saying in favor of hamzat unless i see something drastically and i'm a huge huge believer in gilbert burns and his bottom game but i'm gonna need to see Pause. something that's gonna not that was like you know when people say something that's like oh i get you i said yeah, yeah 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 it has like a uh mm -hmm. innuendo to it you said Gilbert's bottom game is unbelievable, so I said pause. <laughs> I'm going to talk a lot about top pressure, bottom game. 
I mean, so you're basically saying that he's a twank versatile is what it sounds like. <laughs> That's a little sunny action. Nothing, nothing on Gilbert. I, I don't even want to get, I don't even want to go down that road. Um, but yeah, that was, that was step, yeah, that was just me stepping on your toes. Go ahead. Country club. Let's uh, let's get into some things that are more concrete. Um, this week, Phil Hall is out of his fight against Sam Alley, but we've got a short notice stand in Brendan Allen. Is it the vid? I do. We're have- seeing Hawes injury, injury on the okay. canceled and fizzled bouts page. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, for those, I mean, anyone really who's a fan of this program at this point knows how Danny and I feel about Brendan Allen. Like, excited to see him in here. The only problem with this fight is he has everything to lose and nothing to gain. I mean, like, if he loses this fight here, like, I actually don't know how I recover from being like. This would be a tough one. Sam Alvey is on his way out, but the line justifies it, Dan. Have you taken a peek at the line yet? Uh, I, yeah, I've taken a, a quick okay. look. But I think he can gain some momentum, and I think he needs it. That Chris Curtis loss yeah. is taken hard. Yeah. No, it, it's 350, and this is a good fight for him. I mean, the thing about Brendan Allen and, and Kobe, sorry, I don't want to dive too down in here. I know he says he's getting quick, but Brendan Allen's the one thing I talk about. Um yeah, that Chris Curtis fight, and then he also had a tough time against the main event, Sean Strickland. Um, We're going to break that fight down later, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Back to you, Country Club. Ed Herman out of his fight at 271 next week, where we'll be in the building. William Knight in against Maxim Grishin. Mm. It's an interesting We had the following week. Gabriel Benitez and David Onama. That's February 19th. We have just stop me where stop me where you want to jump in. Mahmoud Murdov is out of his fight. We have Misha Serkinov and Wellington Terman, February 26th. Do we okay? So okay, I want to stop you right now. So Wellington Terman, Hidalgo Vieira is not getting rescheduled. Right. And then um Mahmoud Murdov, what's the injury there? I was just talking to Dan about like our thoughts on Mahmoud. I um what 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 is his what's is there like a, a confirmed issue or is it just visa travel covid type stuff seems a little early for that but let's see it's, okay uh, if you can't find it it's no big deal that's arm just injury like, arm injury okay so yeah we'll get a little more details on that further down the road um london card march 19th nikita krylov and paul craig mm, very fun Dan, is Nikita a uh, just like off the top of your head? I don't know. Is he? Can he grapple with Paul Craig? I think he could get into some pretty tight situations there. I he's he's much more well rounded than a Jamal Hill who just went right into it. But I think that Paul Craig could catch him. Yeah, Paul Paul Craig's weird because it's like. His stand-up is just so bad, but his ground game is just so good that it, it, it puts you in such a weird spot with guys that are, like, good at both, you know? It's weird. The following weekend in Columbus, another fight night card in Columbus with fans in attendance, Luis Saldana and Bruno Souza. Mm. We, we have also on that Columbus card, Mark Diakise and, oh, I'm going to butcher this. You butchered that. Slav. Vyaslav Borshev. Yeah. You Borshev actually got staying the, active. Yeah, you did Dikise. that one better. It's it's to Casey. I was gonna say you did better on the Borshev. <laughs> well, country we'll club for a reason. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's a, that is staying active and, and, you know, you know, how I feel about team alpha male, but he actually is the one I, I kind of fuck with. We have April 9th at UFC 273, Fluffy Hernandez and Albert Duraev. Albert Duraev smash. I murder, yeah. Reese's boy, April 23rd versus Danny's boy, Manel Cape Sumuderji. Who's whose boy? <laughs> Reese is all over Manel Cape. I do love Manel Cape. I do love Manel Cape. I'll take being a Sumuderji guy. That's yeah. I mean, Sumuderji. That's a tough test for him. No, Manel, Manel Cape's got that one. I bet that. I know we're probably gonna have to end up doing set the spread on that one, but that that's that's a good fight for Manel Cape. He's gonna be like minus three hundred. Yeah, stylistically, I don't know what Sue's game plan is going to be, but love the dude. Fun fighter. Blast from the past, April thirtieth. Donald Cerrone and Joe Lozon. That's a UFC fight that's booked. That's news to me. No yeah. way. Are you, how sure are you? I'm sure. Joe Lozon's coming back. That is unbelievable. I okay. I wait. What weight class? It'd be seventy. Double check, but no way. Lozon's going up to seventy. You think Cowboys cutting to fifty-five? They do. Maybe catch. Why would Lozon go to seventy? They're but, old but, and not in shape. But story time, I was listening to a Joe Lozon on a podcast before his final fight, his victory fight, which was the actually GSP against JSP. One. Yeah, in, believe it in, or not. In Boston at home, a fight we in talked Boston about at home. In Boston at home. And then um, he, he was like, yeah, I'm, I want another fight if I win. Like, I still think I have it. And the UFC, Dana White, after the fight was like, yeah, he's never – we're like, this is his send-off fight. Like, he's not fighting that. yet. That's a crazy uh, fight announcement. If that's perfect matchup, really, as long as it's, I mean, I don't. I I think I feel like Lozon's got more in the tank than Donald at this point. But I get again, we haven't seen Lozon in two years, but we saw a lot more from Lozon's last outing than from Cowboys for certain. For sure, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's the one I'm actually that actually got my juices flowing a little bit. That one's fun. Clayson Rodriguez and CJ Vergara. That's May 7th, UFC 274. I know people are excited for CJ Vergara, but he was that uh, contender series guy, came out, quick flash knockout. And isn't Clayson Rodriguez also contender series? Don't know as much about I think him. He was just, I think he was the most recent season. Okay. Um, three fight announcements for May 21st. These are the last three I've got for this week. Chase Hooper versus Felipe Calaris. Didn't even know Chase Hooper was still with us, to be honest. Not dead, but I meant in the UFC. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the way I phrased that, but, like, he, he's been inactive for a while, and he had a tough skid for being so young. I thought they were going to put him, like, I don't know, a, a, a regional contract or whatever, a developmental contract. That's what I was going to say. Because he, he had no luck in the UFC, and we haven't seen him in – in a while. I don't know if you have it up on your, your, when, when his last fight was, but it's been a, when is he just going to get some meat on his bones? And I know I'm not one to talk, but no, never. We're seeing guys come in, um, make their debuts that are now the same age. And it's no longer the excuse of he's the youngest guy in the UFC. He will mature. 
No, when he didn't look like an athlete. It's at a certain point that's like the Ryan Hall strategy fails. Yeah, the answer is I don't think he will. And I, I heard he's Ben Askren's kid, but that's just a rumbling. <laughs> His last UFC fight was 263 on the Izzy Vittori 2 card, but he was in Fury oh. Pro Grappling. That's actually not as, that's not near as long as I as I thought. I thought it was much longer than that. I thought his last fight was like Caceres. Was it? That was two Caceres? ago. That was three ago. Oh geez. Wow. Okay. Including the scheduled one? No. Caceres, he lost what June of 2020. Peter yeah. Barrett, he won on the 256 card. Lost Steven Peterson, lost – oh, I'm sorry. I was including Hanato and Moicano Fury grappling. Yeah, no. When was it, So when was his last fight not grappling? Like in the UFC. Did was it that Izzy Vittori card? It, it, yeah, Izzy Vittori too. So June oh, of 2021. Okay. That's actually Steven more than Peterson. I thought. Then. Reese didn't do his taping for the Steven Peterson fight. No, I did not. Didn't need Here to. We go. I, already have, I already have my answer for it. No, I, I, but I don't want to be put on the spot. I'm, I already have my fight prediction there. I already, I don't even need it. No, Meanwhile, Reese is sucking you. on his mic. Can you hear me better? Yes. Nom, 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 nom. Holly Holm versus Kellen Vieira, also on that 521 card. And I know and you're about we, to say it. I don't want to blow the lead, but. The fight you're about I'm gonna blow to say the lead anyway. Be, no, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna say my take without blowing the lead. The fight that you're about to announce should be the headliner. I'm sick of these Holly Holm headliner cards. I thought we were done with that. Saving it for a reason. I was saying it last. Like it should be last. Gustafson and Ben Rothwell, five twenty-one. The big boys throw down. And last time we saw Gustafson, he looked awful. Um, ben Rothwell. I think the last time we saw him. It was against Chris Barnett, so it's hard to look terrible unless you're fuck who did you spinning keel cook a little bit ago? Oh yeah, that was Chris Barnett. I have three of his NFTs, believe it or not. Of that same spinning heel kick. But yeah, this should be a sweet matchup. These guys are fucking legends. That's what I got for fight announcements. Any other news and notes from you guys before we get into PJJ? Nothing for me. All right, PJJ, brought to you by Malort. Park, you're up. Brief one here. Um, double underhook pass from guard um, was the last thing on my list in my first round of combated. So not a submission or anything like that, but essentially how to, how to escape from guard. Um, double underhook pass. It's hard to explain on this one. It was, it's really effective. Essentially, it's, you're, you need to break their legs by arching your back and pushing your hands on their chest, essentially create separation on their back. And then when you kind of like do a little bump is when it'll break. And then from there, you would go underneath both their legs, grab their opposite shoulder, essentially put all their weight, um, your weight and their weight on them. So they're kind of on their neck and their back. And then from there, you can achieve side mount. And this is you working from the bottom? To, as, no, as a, this is from top. This is top. from full guard. You're, you're, yeah. Interesting. So then you achieve side mount from there. And then after that, we kind of just went through, we just recapped a few things. So essentially I'm just going to have to go through this. I won't mention this every time on the podcast, but I will um, now just be going through seeing these for the second time and then third time and fourth time until I can move on from there. I mean, repetition's the name of the game, honestly, at, the, at like, cause, cause you can like learn, like even from like, I know from like watching tape, it's like, 
you can learn certain moves when you see it over and over again, but it's being able to put it into practice and like, like really hammering down the craft. No, for sure. No, I'm, I'm very excited. It's uh, excited for two weeks to see Danny as well. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's roll baby. I'm always down for a scrap. Yeah. Parker, you need to start cutting right now. Call me the new Sean Strickland. Cause I am always ready to go. Catch weight 135 for you too. Yeah, 235 <laughs> is a better chance for me. All right, we need three of Danny. <laughs> I'm a funny guy. Should we, should we talk this week? Let's go. I would love to, yeah. Um, all right, Dan. I, I made the executive decision on the ankle lock. It is who we talked about. Uh, uh, that 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 is the best pick. Um, but we'll start off with uh the curtain jerker as we're one to do. Dan, what's the restaurant, the breakfast restaurant with the uh Grand Slam? What's it called? Denise. <laughs> yeah. Denny's Denny's Bondar versus Malcolm Gordon is the curtain jerker. And the line is Denny's. Uh, minus two sixty. Malcolm Gordon plus two twenty. It, it opened though, uh, at Denny's minus two fifty. So there's not like a ton of movement here. the The thing is, is that this would be a play of fading Malcolm Gordon more than uh Denny's here as the UFC newcomer. the The big thing I took away, Dan, was the combined records. Of a lot of the people that he's had that he's defeated uh, on his eight or nine fight win streak, um, almost everyone he's beaten um, is around five hundred or just above uh, just above um, five hundred. And so, I take it with a grain of salt. But he's twenty nine, and this is a good matchup for your debut. Oh, I agree. I, I saw it the exact same way. Gordon is a guy that has shown me absolutely nothing that makes me trust him. Amir Abazi had the super easy submission on him. He's got nothing for Bondar on the feet. Um, I don't love the number, especially like you said, a guy yeah. making his UFC debut that there's just not a lot of great tape on. And, and I'm not super familiar with these other pr promotions that he's fought in. So for me, it's going to be a skip. It's just, it's not only just the promotions, even though it is the promotions, but it's also just weird when you see a guy making his debut and most of his fights are guys that aren't even going to sniff, you know, the UFC slash even like PFL, LFA type of, of circuits. Okay. Um, so pass for me as well. Jason Witt, who's a guy that we usually fade here against Philip Rowe, relatively young in his UFC career. Um, and that line here is Witt plus 112, Rowe minus 130. Over at five dimes, it opened at row minus one fifty five. So it's actually come down a little bit to my surprise. But yeah, I this is a pass for me as well, Dan. I, I joked with you pre-record that Philip Rowe could be a play, especially after that upset against uh, Orion Kosi, who I know you. I mean, they gas out like crazy, but you, we're, we were a fan of the Kosi brothers. Um, it's just, I, I just haven't, I don't know what to expect from this man. So I can't possibly begin to pretend like I can accurately cap this guy, 
even with the tape I watched. It's more just on the other side. Like I, I have, I don't want even with that Barbarena win. It's like I have no interest in betting Jason Witt or fading Jason Witt. I just have no interest. So I actually am potentially interested in a bet here on Philip Rowe. Okay. Um, one of the things that I've really been encouraged by is, I mean, well, one, he's got something like a 10-inch reach advantage here, which is going yeah. to be super favorable very, very for him to just work behind the jab. And then you look at his record, and besides that Orion Kosu win, he's been really, really working on his grappling. And I'm talking about accepting bouts like or submission grappling bouts with the highest of the highest level. Gordon Ryan, Gabriel Checo, Cody Steele. These guys are fucking elite, elite. Um, do you think that's something, but do you think that's something that helps him here? I think it's something that shows he's really working on trying to solve that hole in his game. And it's because, because something that he's focusing on a ton and trying to challenge himself. Do you look at Wit as a guy who's going to be, who's willing to stay standing? Or do you think, I mean, fighting out of glory MMA, do you think he's going to be a guy who's like, let's, let's try to get this to the mat. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be able to get this to yeah, the mat. Like, I'm not talking about this as a big play. Um, but I am seeing, or I'm liking what I'm seeing in terms of Philip Rowe taking this next step in his career. And I yeah. think he's taking it a lot super serious. That's, that sounded super not serious. But I think he's taking it very seriously. <laughs> no, and, and that's really, I mean, Philip Rowe, I believe, yeah, he was a contender series guy. He beat Edmund's brother, delivering him uh, a, a loss. And he's a guy that, like, Honestly, at, at, at the stage of the career, you're, I mean, he's 30, 31. He's rel- I mean, he only has 11 pro fights. Like, this is really a time where he can – and he's a huge amateur resume too. But th- it shows that he's dedicated to the craft, which is nice. I mean, taking his first pro fight in 2014, it, it'll be exciting. I, I can see a play here. The line's not steep either by any means. It's more just my confidence level isn't, like, super high, you know? I agree. But okay. I'm interested. Okay, I'd love to hear that. So stay tuned at Tank Wagers, obviously, as always, for a potential move there. Also, we both are third-party tracked. I'm personally regretting it so far. I've had two bad cards, but I know uh, what I, what, what, what I, what, that, that, that usually I'm up. Just a weird start to the year. Um, okay, this is a, a much-anticipated debut here for Dalton Almeida. He came off the Contender Series and looked fucking unbelievable like an absolute assassin. But he's taken on a guy who, although he's over the hump for sure, can can definitely grapple with him in, in Danilo Marquez. And the line is Dalton Almeida minus 380. Danilo Marquez plus 315. It opened at Dalton Almeida minus 210. So we saw huge, huge, huge bets coming in on the side of Almeida, which to me, not surprised at all. That's the idea, or that's kind of what I'm getting at when I talk to people about this bout or even people like uh, country club seeing their interest in a guy like Almeida. I'm not totally surprised that whether it's sharp money or public money has come in on that side. I completely agree. Marquez has the experience, but not much else. And it's actually going to be a detriment to him in this fight. And his grappling is good, but it's not unstoppable. And Chuck Wu was able to defend all of Danilo's subs. His gas tank's always a little bit of a problem. That, yeah, gas tank was a big mark on my list. 
I, I like jail tin as a parlay piece, even at this bigger line than it started. Took the words out of my mouth. I was literally going to ask you, do you think at, even at this inflated line, if there's still a spot to play it, I, I Dan, I don't know the line on it, but I think Jalton by finish, I mean, Chuk we fit or check. We finished him. And that's a guy who very, a lot slower. Um, right. Jalton will bring a much faster pace, much faster pace. And, and for a guy who has been proven to gas before over that hump of 35, Almeida wins inside the distance. What's Minus Almeida three. in round three? I just got one of my world famous hunches. Uh, Almeida wins in round three is plus eight hundred. Him inside the distance is minus one forty. Our YouTube minus- viewers will see this, but yeah, I'm gesturing for a sprinkle. And and for that little pun or not pun there, but that little drop, uh, we're really trying to branch off on the different mediums uh, that we get it to you. So if you're listening to this, it, it would mean the world to us three and Parker, who his camera's off. That's why I didn't mention him off the cuff. But it'd mean a lot to all of us if you went and dropped us a subscribe over there. We, we're going live before pay-per-views this year, and we're going to have a lot of individual small clips, easily digestible. So if, if you're not getting enough of the Ankle Pick Pod, boys, go follow us over there. I think it's just Ankle Pick Pod just over on YouTube or, or, or I, I believe. There will be at least a live up if you go to the right channel. Okay, so done with the plug there. Um, but Dan, minus 140 on Almeida in the distance, that to me is is a palatable play. I see some potential. Okay, this one's interesting. Th- this woman here, uh, Alexis Davis, has fought the who's who of of women's MMA. I mean, her her list of fights in her career is is pretty much everybody. I mean, Ronda Rousey, Liz Caramouche, Jessica I. She was back in Strike Force. Wait, Tanya Avenger in Strike Force multiple times. So, I mean, she she's definitely has the she definitely has the the resume slash experience. Also, Kobe, you were teasing the Canadian parlay. Feel free to add Alexis Davis to that one. She's fighting a girl, Jul Juljanja Stoliarenko, and she's fought in the UFC just a couple of times. Both losses, one to Kunitskaya, which is an interesting loss, and then terrible one, loss. Yeah, okay, terrible. He took the words out of my mouth. Just trying to be nice, and then Julia of Avila as well. The Kunitskaya loss, um, she did come in as the underdog, and then in the Julia of Avila loss, she also came in as a massive underdog. Do you think it's going to be any different here? The answer in short is no. It's Alexis Davis minus 230, Storley Aranko plus 190. It opened at Davis minus 200. So actually money's come in on the, on the veteran who I don't want to say is past her, like past the hump, but like, what is she right now? 35, 36, 37, 37. 37. So I don't see it any other way, but I won't be playing it because I don't play women's favorites in 2020. And I know what year it is. If you listen to that interview, it's 2022. No, Dan, the problem is, is it wouldn't be a Dan interview with Tony if he didn't botch something. Um, First time around, it was AT&T, a Dallas-based telecoms company. Now we got the uh, the the wrong. What week. year is it? Yeah, we're just happy you didn't say nineteen twenty one, Dan. That's where I'm at on it. Yeah, um, you know <laughs> no, I mean back when we were in school, I don't know about you, but I was the king of for all the way up till March writing the wrong year. 
just not getting used to it. But yeah, for me, this one doesn't follow the science, Dan. And the only real play is Alexis Davis. And I have no interest in that at minus 200. That's something that just doesn't excite me. Yeah, won't pay that price from a 37-year-old Alexis Davis. No, no need. Even though she does have a couple good wins recent. Oh, uh, no, just Sabina Maza, which isn't even that good of a win. Other than that, she's kind of gotten smashed in the last couple. I'm of not years. saying she won't win. I just don't like the price. No, I'm w- I'm with you. Okay, so continuing on the Canadian train, this one's an interesting one. This is one that I targeted as a potential spot. It's Mark Andre Burial. He's coming off that win against uh, oh Dolce Lugambula. Um, Lugambula. That was an interesting one, and then Abu Azatir as well. So he's coming off two straight wins, and he's fighting a guy who a lot of people might know actually from his Bellator fights. Believe it or not, he was on the contender series. He's he's thirty three. It's it's Chidi and Chukiani, but he had he's mainly known in my book for his long run in Bellator. Finally crossing over to the UFC after his contender series victory, and he gets a tough draw in my opinion. It sits at dead even though Dan minus one fifteen for Burial minus one hundred five for Chidi. It opened at Burial minus one forty, so just a little bit of movement on Chidi. I think you can make a move here on Burial personally. I think that this fight stylistically for him is going to is going in his favor. I mean, he's a huge, humongous middleweight, and, and he's a guy who's willing to stand and bang. And you saw with a guy who hit significantly harder than Chidi and, and, and Lugi and Bula. I think unanimous decision, barring a, a gas out, is I, I think I think it's a cheap price on, on Mark Andre Burial. I don't know if I'm missing something though. I just think Chidi is a lot sharper than Dolce was. He's still really, sure. really green in that. I think it's going to sure. be a back and forth fight. I'm really excited for it. It's kind of one I pegged for fight of the night potential, but it's not one I think that I have a great side on. Chidi has some pretty good wins in his Bellator and earlier career. I mean, Max Griffin and Andre Fialo, who just went three rounds last week with or two weeks ago with Michelle Pereira. Yeah, um, making two of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited for the fight, but I don't really have a side that I love. Okay, interesting. Yeah, for me right now, and again, like, initially before, obviously, we were so thrilled to have Tony on, but we were planning on going tomorrow. So, there's still that, like, I I do a preliminary run-through, and then I go back and finalize some of my thoughts after I sit on it. But this is one that I'm targeting. I don't want to say I'm officially making a move here, but at that even price, I I feel good about it about burial here i mean i'm interested in live betting whoever loses the first round mm, that's an interesting approach and maybe the over i haven't looked at the yeah. over number and i won't bog us down we can move on but yeah 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 don't know country club gets pissed when we get bogdanovich so it's especially on fights that we don't care about right except i do care about this one i might make a move yeah I, I care is a bad word i don't have no a, danny doesn't care clip that i don't chat. have a side i'm clip I'm, that I'm, chat fights i don't have a side an educated side. Okay. Well, Parker uh, came back to flip me off. Now he's off the camera, um, but we'll, we'll insert sound here. It is time for the ankle lock of the week. It is the move. Oh, here we go. He's he's making his appearance. That's a TikTok sound for those who don't know the, the flute play. But by the way, follow us on TikTok. Yes, follow us on TikTok as well. I'm telling you, boys, that 2022 is a huge year for the listeners here. We're getting all over the platforms. We're really going to grow this community. I'm excited about it. Before that, though, 
Um, ankle lock. Hakeem Dawudu. Mean Hakeem Dawudu versus Mike Trezano. And the line here is what really got my attention initially and Danny's as well. It's Dawudu minus 170, Trezano plus 150. And Dawudu opened at 200. So believe it or not, Dan, people are, are kind of going not going against us. I don't want to say sharp action, but the lines come down a little bit. Yeah, that does surprise me. Um, maybe they're seeing that he trains at Tiger Showman's mixed martial arts, and they think that's like Tiger Muay Thai. <laughs> Who knows? Anyone who's looking that deep hopefully <laughs> doesn't get that mistake. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the truth of it is, though, is when you look at a guy like me and Akeem, he, he lost to Movzar Avalev, which me and you both know, like, okay. I mean, you're so you're so fine there. But he went on an absolute, like an unbelievable. And the win over Zubaira Tugov right before that is Tugov. not talked about enough. He Tugov is phenomenal and a guy that has much better wrestling acumen than Mike Trezano is going to bring. I see Dawudu staying behind his jab here and just having a pretty nice time moving around the octagon. Yep, moving and and Julio Arce win as well. I I know I hold that in higher esteem than most, but I mean sixteen three at the time. Kyle Bachniak was fresh off a, a tough fight with Zabit. Gave him and he beat him as well. The the thing about Minakim is it's probably going to go to decision. Would be my guess. But the dude, he doesn't necessarily hit hard, but oh my god, is he fast? I mean, he's gotta be. In in my opinion, either the fastest or or close to the fastest um, striker you got at forty five. I, I think that's what's going to cause the most issues for Trezano is Trezano's a guy obviously can grapple well, but it's like, I think Akeem's going to be in and out before Trezano even picks up his hands. You know, I mean, it's really that level of quickness and fastness from the young Canadian. And so for me, it was, it was a huge speed difference that ultimately gave me the nod to make the move. Then when I saw the line, I was like, I expect to be, I was expecting Hakeem to be minus two and change to 10. 15 mm-hmm. so there's definitely value i think there's gonna be closing line value too especially with that downward movement do you see anything different no i'm not i'm on top exact just, same. Jack, so danny and i whenever we see it like this much the same usually a good move but but again also we've had a couple people who are like you know i didn't see that that way or whatever engage with us on the socials i would love to see other people's opinions because sometimes no matter how much you tape and how much you research you miss a certain angle. So feel free to shoot it with us. If you see Trezano or if you agree with us on, on Dawudu, I, we would love to hear your opinions on any form of social media up to you. 135 pound by, about uh, kind of the log jam ahead of Tony that we were talking about. Miles John, 12 and one against John Con- Con- Constantina. Con- Con- Constantina. And I should be better at pronouncing his name, but if you, if you, I mean, I know who he is, but at this point, if you're listening, you know, names are not for me, but the line Consonata, it's the, it's the, it's the tilde over the end that really threw me for an absolute loop. But the line here, if I could, he can find, okay. So if you're looking at technology, by the way, they split up into two. Don't worry. Half the card has not gotten called off. Um, Miles Johns minus 200 and it opened at, 225. So again, another one going down a little bit, which shocks me because I like Miles Johns here. Um, Miles Johns to me has been someone who ha- has done nothing 
but impress at 35. In my opinion, he fights out of Fortis MMA. And other than that one flashy fluke uh, when he got caught against Mario Batista. Was that a flying knee, right? It was. It was a flying knee that led to ground and pound. But other than that. Oh, I actually lost a ton of money on that fight. I was in the building. Yeah. Bringing up some some flashbacks, some PTSD. Yeah. Dan, do you remember who this man has a win over? Miles John? To I don't have the record up in front of me. Adrian Yanez. Bang. In LFA, yeah. That is and, one hell of a resume builder. Yeah, and it's a guy who really can stand in there with Adrian Yanez. I know Adrian Yanez is, is on a much faster trajectory, but you're talking about guys on similar paths. Miles John can really do it all everywhere. He's a little bit shorter to be striking with these 35ers, but... But he's got a lot better wrestling than I think Yanez has. Really good wrestling, and he hits hard. Not Yanez hard, admittedly, but he hits hard. Um, for me, I might make a move on Miles Johns here. I, I need to f- dig deeper into in Constaneda. Constaneda. Kobe, one more time for me. Castaneda. Constaneda. But for, off, the, off the rip, my first instinct is Miles John anywhere near that 200 line is great. I mean... Even that Eddie Weiland fight, which I thought was going to be an easy one um, for Constantinia, he he made it harder than it needed to be. It ended up being a finish, but I mean, Eddie Weiland, guy who's been fighting for actually 20 years, it ended up being a finish because his chin, but there were a lot of moments where he made it harder than it needed to be. I think Miles Johns is is honestly going to make kind of quick work of him here. I don't want to say that though, because I really do think Constantinia's a good talent at 35. I wish I could provide more theater here and disagree with you, but yeah. I'm on the same page. Miles Johns is kind of who I had eyed. Um, with who was it? Oh, not we haven't gotten to that fight yet, but he, he's yeah, but, another one of the parlay pieces that I'm looking at. Yeah, so that's one that's probably going to see my card as well. And you're, you're looking at two ankle pick cappers who are having cards that are starting to shape up quite a bit. Okay, main card, and I got called out earlier and exposed for lack of tape here, but Juicy J. Julian Arosa versus Steven Peterson, and that fight is the first fight of the main card, apparently. According to Tapology. we have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, no, six-fight main card. That actually holds up. But the line here is Juicy J. Julian Arosa minus three. Hundred Dan, and that right there is the reason why I marked this off as, as no tape necessary. I, I won't take Juicy J Arosa at minus three hundred, and I have no interest on betting Steven Peterson. If I was making a move on this one, it would have to be Dogger Pass. There's no way I'm betting Juicy J at minus three hundred. No disrespect or anything like that. It's just like. Dude, Juicy J is a veteran of the sport. He's a guy who leaves his chin in the air, likes firefights. And yeah, he has a lot of good wins recently. Charles Jordan, Nate Landwehr, Sean Woodson, an up-and-coming prospect. But like, he's a guy who was out of the UFC for a while, was on tough. He, ha- he has mixed experiences. I-, I don't want to hold anything against the guy. I'm just saying that it's something, it's, it's the line that's the issue for me swallowing, especially when there's a guy who, who is willing to be hit. I mean, he, he doesn't mind being hit. Steven Peterson, on the other hand, is a guy who is a brawler. I mean, he fights out of Fortis. He's willing to push that pace. He's willing to make it an ugly fight. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't think the line's unjust. I just really have no interest on either side. 
I don't disagree with you. I just think that Peterson is trash. I think that he is trash. He's tough and awkward, but he's not an explosive enough striker to really hurt Arosa. Um, and I just see Arosa being better than Peterson wherever this fight goes. Mm. That the three hunch spending 15 minutes and not being able to hurt Chase Hooper once is a like a red flag beyond red flags. No, I agree, but but three hunch. So are you basically is this the parlay piece? This is not the one I was mentioning. Okay. No, it's it, it's okay. not something that I like eyed for playing. It's it's just I don't see a way that Peterson. No, gets I mean, this done. put it this way. Put it this way. PK. I, I mean, I'm putting so much on Juicy J. Three hundred. I, I think it would be very, very hard for anyone to convince me of a way to be able to play this. That's all. That's kind of where I'm at on it. Um. Sounds like no movement from us. Okay, so a, a long overdue, tough finale fight. So just quick recap, this season of tough, um, Brian Battle won, and, and he was supposed to face Treshawn Gore. Treshawn Gore was out with injury, and so uh, Urbina, one of the Urbina brothers who was on that tough season stepped in, lost to Brian Battle in, in, his, in his fight. Brian Battle crowned ultimate fighter. Treshawn Gore's healthy. This is a fight that they've been eyeing for a while. So this is the pseudo ultimate fighter finale in a way because Treshawn was injured for even though he he, he didn't lose. Treshawn Gore is minus 160. Brian Battle, the tough champ, plus 140. Treshawn Gore opened at 135, instantly saw sharp action. John from what, or I'm not John. Uh, Danny, from what I saw on the tough season and what I watched throughout the week, it is hard for me to take Brian Battle. I want Treshawn Gore, but I also have a weird feeling about fading a guy who, who, who took down the show. I mean, who am I to say he's not the best, you know? For me, I just am not going to be playing this fight i i've been really unimpressed with the entire season of tough especially as they left um especially with petrosky getting exposed and his gas tank being issue i i just have been really unimpressed um none of the fighters look like they're exactly elite but i, I think trashon does have elite speed which makes me lean his side um but i'm not excited to be paying juice for someone that is coming off an injury like you said facing the champ who beat everyone else um, it is also just unproven at, beyond a house where it's like a pressure cooker of a scenario. It's just, I, I will be laying off this one. Yeah, that to be honest, the whole show, I, I don't want to get down this path. There's no need for it, but this, this looking for a fight mixed with Tuesday night contender series, which Dana seems to be much more adamant about mixed with tough mixed with people just coming straight from the regional scenes. I don't know what the future holds for tough, but I agree this season as far as like talent wise goes was probably the most underwhelming. And, and we were mentioning that the LFA card this week has is headlined by one of the tough vets. And it's like, none of them have really done anything in, in those promotions either. It's just, it's interesting. I mean, the rumor new tough coaches are Nunez and Pena. And that's a way to guarantee no way. you don't get any ratings and can no cut way. the show. I did not. It's just a rumor. It's that's not like I'm not breaking any news. That's a rumor. It's not confirmed. I mean, the only way that'd be nice is if they do like another season where it's like an all women season, and then we get the benefit of like 
watching people hopefully plump out those divisions because those divisions are thin. But it would be, it, it would, it is very much t- an appropriate time for a recycle of, yeah, or clear out of all the Sarges. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> and some it's young a, talent. It's a tough scene in though, there for sure. Um, okay. Let's, so, so, anyways, if you're, if you're excited for uh, the pseudo tough championship, Get excited for that one, uh, but Treshawn uh, Gore, slight favorite there. Sam Alvey, his third opponent of this camp, Brendan Allen on super, super short notice. This bout's going to take place at 205, Dan. Brendan Allen usually fights at 85. That's something to be noted, but Sam Alvey spent a lot of his career at 85, so nothing too crazy, I don't think, size-wise. The line here, though, regardless of the size, is Brendan Allen minus 375. Sam Alvey plus 305, not available on all books. I mean, this is really fresh news, but best fight odds has it uh, this way. I mean, for me, this is, it's got to be a layoff or, or Brennan Allen by sub. I, I, I just like, look, like, I don't think Brennan Allen's going to lose this fight. I, I really don't. But like, I also don't want to lay 400 on it. I, that's all. I mean, I just don't. So I will tell you, just because I calculated, this actually wasn't even the one I, I still had in mind, but a parlay of Miles John and Brendan Allen pays minus 109. Oh, that's okay. That's palatable for sure. The only, problem, the only problem while we're on it is it's like Brendan Allen is a guy who we, who's, have, we've seen against the main event, Sean Strickland, and also his last time out is a guy who's capable of being hit. Sam Alvey's a guy who just tries to throw hammers. Not, I mean, that's pretty much his game plan when he goes out there. He likes to stand and bang. I, I, does he make it a dirty fight and best Brendan Allen? Doubtful, but minus 400 doubtful? That's the part I don't know. I will say that um, I know I'm mentioning grappling tournaments a lot or, or grappling promotions, but how Brendan Allen fared against Gabriel Checo, who just lost on the, on the Bellator card last, last weekend, but – who is a natural light heavyweight is giving me more confidence in the, in this being a two Oh five pound bout and, and Brendan Allen being fine. Also just Alvy being an 85 er makes me feel a lot better than a guy like Bader who fights at heavyweight, but also fights at light heavyweight. Like that's a lot different than a guy who, you know what I mean? There's just, but Checo is on paper, a better grappler than Brendan Allen and is bigger. And Brendan Allen looked good in a grappling bout is what I'm trying to say. Right. No, Brennan Allen's a phenomenal grappler. Um, but that's not the fight that he, this fight's going to be. I mean, do you have a play here? Or are you are you looking at parlaying this? I mean, it doesn't I'm, like- I'm looking. I'm I'm teetering with the idea of that minus 109 parlay, but it's not in bold on my card and won't All be right. a major unit play. This next one's one that we looked at for a potential ankle lock, and, and I'm just going to almost give Dan the lead here so I don't steal his thunder. But Shavkat Rachmanov, Dan, is, is fighting Carlson Harris. I, I love both these guys. I definitely – think that a guy like Shavkat can and will hold gold in, in his UFC career. He's minus 230. Carlson Harris at plus 190, which surprised me that it was even that high. But but you, I, I remember, had it even higher. Um, the line opened at 175, Dan. Got as high as like 265 and has settled in around that 230, 240, 250 across most books. Um, I'm assuming it's still a play here for you, but I, I would love to hear your analysis on it as well. I think it is going to be Shavkat is a guy I've pinned. I mean, in the same category with Hamza, man, I would love to see that fight down the line, but he's a guy who, like you said, is going to be a contender is going to challenge for the belt 
will maybe hold gold. He's got that skill set. He's got that kind of mentality. He's got that kind of athleticism. He's got the grappling to do whatever the hell he wants. Um, his striking is calculated. He, he implements a lot of feints and shows you a lot of different looks. He's, he's just a, a fighter that I get really excited about seeing and a guy who I don't think is going to lose his O anytime soon. And, and I think it, this line against Carlson Harris is a little bit of a gift, even if I, I don't disrespect. I'm not trying to disrespect Carlton Harris. I'm just saying at 34 years old, you're getting fed to Sh- uh, Shavkat in his fucking prime. No, I, I agree. This this is this is a little bit of, look, Carlton Harris put on some good performances. I think they like him, but this is somewhat uh, a sacrificial lamb to an extent. But I also think it's good for Carlton Harris in this aspect. If he does get the victory here, which it's possible for sure, this catapults him farther in his career which he's not looking to take fights that aren't going to help him you know especially at 34 mm-hmm. it's just big time it makes i mean it, it puts his name on the map certainly the i just don't me, know dan, the big thing for me dan that that really just comes out of it is this shavkat's humongous i mean literally humongous and so i just even from a size standpoint it's like if carlson does gets his grappling the way he wants to, or does land his strikes. It's like, Shavkat's just so big. Like, does it even matter? You know? No, for for sure. Seem it the same way. So are you playing it straight? Are you playing it uh, by finish? Are you playing? This, it this is the one I had been, uh, this is the one I had been teasing in that parlay with, with miles Johns. And, and what does that pay while we're here? Um, let me just clear that other one. Calculate, calculate two pages of the split is really getting us both tonight. I, I gotta be honest. Uh, this pays plus 115. I like that better, Dan. Oh, yeah. I like that better. That's the one I had pegged in my head. Yeah, I like that better. If, if so, so Dan and I are trying to keep our, our ankle locks to the, the game that we've teased before or that, that series we're in. We can't do that for parlays, Dan. I don't believe, right? We cannot, but this could have been an ankle lock parlay for sure. That's a sexy line 115. That is Miles John and his bout and Shavkat Rachmanov here. Parlayed together, you get plus one fifteen. That, that no means, funny business, just straight no up. Fun, yeah, no funny business. I love that. Okay, getting the co-main slot here, which I'm excited about. Punahele Soriano, a guy I'm a big fan of. Just his demeanor and his style, I'm a big fan of. But but actually, I believe no, definitely he. he I mean, speaking of him. demeanor and style, other side of that fight, Nick For Maximov sure. and, and Nick Maximov too. Yeah, but. But Punahel actually lost to Brendan Allen, who's on the undercard uh, just a couple fights back. I mean, I granted short notice and stuff, but just, you know, making the connection there. And then Nick Maximov, a guy that we dove kind of deep into, honestly, on the set, the spread, just the aspect about, you know, he came in on that Nick Diaz card, relatively underwhelming for what we expected. I mean, we... Well, he came in, he fought a heavyweight as a middleweight in Dana White that contender was series, and then yeah, got a 30-27, and which to us meant that I don't know. He could, I, I expected more from him because of that aspect. Yeah. Um, it, from that Nick Diaz card. And I didn't see it. I'm sure yeah. that you saw similar. I think that he's going to be pretty exposed when this fight's on the feet. I think that he's got to be able to get Punahele on the ground when they're dry. I'm a little bit concerned because I think that th- this fight's going to be weird to me. It, it's so <laughs> obvious that Punahele is going to knock him out that I think Maximov's going to get the sub. Wow, that came out of left field for those who listened to set the spread. Um, Punale Serrano is minus 185. Nick Maximov is plus 150. 
But Punahale Soriano opened at 170, so has actually seen some of the action here. That's a why Dan's gone a 360 on us here because he was saying out. I put how, my mind in a pretzel. I mean, I yeah. I, I, I am favoring Punahale, and, and I think that he has both have serious holes. Punahale has more of a chance of being able to hurt Maximov than Nick being able to drown Punahale, but I think I think Nick catches them when they're dry, and I think but there's then here, sub coming. But, but Dan, do you know what that does then? That gives you the definition of a, a, a just don't bet this one. This one's unbettable because I, I could see how it, it turns into a roundabout circle of just like Punahele could knock him out, but Nick Maximov might take try to take this to the mat. I could I could see the vicious loop. I think, I think it's a perfect decision. This one yeah. won't seem interesting. Hard. Interesting co-main though, and and this could be a, a big coming out party for both these guys in that co-main slot. Um, relatively young in their MMA careers. Okay, main event, Dan. Um, probably, and I think he's open about this. I, I almost think this is something he would direct quote, but probably the biggest sociopath in the UFC and Sean Strickland, um, 24 and three, just an absolute maniac. He's a menace to society. That's a better way to phrase it against Jack Hermanson, who his last time out was tough luck against Kamzat in a wrestling bout, but other than the time that, before that, he looked dominant against Edmund Shabazi. He did. And the time before that, or a couple of times before that, he heel-hooked Kev- Kelvin Gaslam as a white belt, the in best like white 10 belt seconds. in the league. So it, it's an interesting bout. We were mixed on this, Dan. You went a little high when setting the line. I found myself going a little low when setting the line. It, it's officially at Sean Strickland minus 220. Jack Hermanson plus 180. Sean Strickland opened at 175, though, Dan. So everyone agrees with the way that you brought the line that Sean Strickland deserves a little bit more respect on his name in regards to this match. Before I give you the ropes to let you run with this one, the the big takeaway for me was just the grappling prowess out of the grappling prowess out of Strickland. That, that I'm, I'm really glad you brought this up because or I mean out of Hermanson, sorry, the grappling matchup of Hermanson that could cause Strickland some problems. I'm so incredibly happy you brought it up because to me that's the most interesting part of this matchup. And I get a lot of guff from the three of my, my co-hosts for talking about the mythical grappling of, of one Sean O'Malley. And I think that I'm going to add Strickland to my mythical Sean's list because I'm hearing a lot of really, really interesting rumors from a lot of reliable sources about Sean's mythical grappling that might exist. I mean, it, but cue this in line with Danny talking about people with the first name Sean and how amazing their grappling is, even though unproven. <laughs> listen, listen, no, I, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's becoming a recurring theme, but these rumors are, are really interesting. Uh, Chris Curtis has someone who trains with Sean day in and day out has said that Hamzat flies in from across the world. Hamzat who, Trains his at his home gym is all stars in Sweden. Jack Hermanson's gym. Everyone get he ready. Flies, he flies. He flies <laughs> to get grappling rounds in with Sean Strickland across the world. And according to Chris Curtis, they go back and forth. Not only that, Michael Bisbing has said that Sean Strickland's BJJ is better than his striking by miles. I want this on the record. I, I want this like I'm not he saying said on it the on the Believe You Me podcast. We can look no, up that quote. I've 
See, I listen to believe you me. What I want is is some sort of lie detector being administered because because look, Chael Sonnen, Chael Sonnen, oh Chael, said that he's special and different when it comes to the grappling aspect. Well, here you go. Honestly, those are three of the most credible sources in the world. So Dan, Sean Strickland, two twenty, based on this. Look, transitive property. I love it. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Kamzat destroyed Jack Hermanson in wrestling. Sean Strickland goes back and forth with Hamzat. Sean Strickland via submission over Hermanson. <laughs> I just don't think Hermanson's going to be able to take him down. I watched Andy Barella, who, I, granted, is a little bit smaller than Jack, but is credentialed a much, much better grappler. Absolutely had just no – it was just nonplus to, to take Sean Strickland down. Sean was – I mean, putting himself against the the cage, just like backing up to the point where he's just giving Andy these positions and, and just stuffing every takedown. Strickland is like, he's a guy that hasn't, he doesn't do anything elite, but he himself you, is an elite fighter. I think, I think I actually, I agree with you to an extent. I, I actually would be comfortable saying his striking's elite. Uh, from what I've seen from him on the feet, his head movement's weird. He stays on the center line more and, than and you would his, expect. His, his posture, he's, he's it's keeps weird. His head pretty high up. It's, it's yeah, but but he to as me, a fighter, he's yeah. elite. If yeah. if you were asking me, like in bar fight, who do I want on my team? It's like Derek Lewis oh, and yeah. Sean Strickland. Those are the dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Here, so here's the question though: pacing. Do you see a pacing issue here? If Hermanson puts the pace on and just wears on on Sean via pushing the takedown, you know, the clinch work, whatever it is. Do you, do you see Sean fading? Or do you think that, like, from what you've seen on tape, are you comfortable enough saying that Sean Strickland can go all five? I think that no one spends more time hard sparring than Sean. I'll bet he does <laughs> 10 <laughs> rounds of hard sparring every Tuesday. Yeah, that's fair. The, the man the man is I, – I, his gas tank is something I'm not concerned about because he's the kind of guy that just won't let himself stop. That, that's and, true. And he'll deal that, with I the, like – He'll deal that. with the outcome afterwards, but I I'm so excited for Sean Strickland fight week. I think that around the 220 215 price that it's hovering around, I I think it's palatable to play. Um, we saw hey. it even in the Shabazi and Hermanson fight. If that second round is like a seven minute round instead of a five minute round, Shabazian's finishing him. He was he kind of Hermanson kind of got saved by the bell. He was eating some heavy ground and pound from a Hermanson. Uh, sweep Strickland and her and or from a Shabazian sweep sorry Strickland and Shabazian are a different kind of strong like Shabazian or, look, end of the podcast Strickland could bench press four Shabazians end it there Strickland minus 210 to the bank yeah I, I think Dan you're right on that if if you're gonna make a move on this and I'm not saying you do I'm just saying if you're gonna make a move on this I actually think I make the move now because of the fact that I actually see Strickland probably getting a little more action as it gets closer and closer to the, to the final, uh, final descent. Into I don't the, hate into it. Week. Yeah. Um, but, but that's going to do it for us here at ankle pick pod. Again, always appreciate the support seeing the engagement numbers, you know, continue to grow is honestly, it means a lot to us. Go follow us just everywhere. I'm not even going to bother plugging certain things just everywhere. If it's a form of social, just type in ankle pick pod might be there might not 
either way, even if it's not there, you know, maybe create a fan page, not going to tell you what to do. Um, but yeah, give us a follow there. Thank you again to Tony for coming on Tony Gradley for coming on and just being that dude as always, uh, and, and being a friend of the pod and boys, it's fight week. Let's get it. Anything else? Oh, Coke, country club, any little poha to Dan. Any um, wrap up, any house cleaning? Are we done? We're just about done. The next time you hear from us, we've got another fighter interview along with Set the Spread for 271. JSP will be aired with 271. And then the next time you hear from us after that, we'll probably all be together recording our 271 preview. Busy two week for the ankle pick boys. That's what. And then the about. night, the day of Saturday of two seventy one will be live. So keep your eye out for that. Live from the fighter hotel and casino. Non casino. We're in Texas, sadly. <laughs> Online uh, casino. Hey, whatever it takes. Uh, that's it for us here. I, Danny hit us with a little bit of a poha. Uh, it was a little muffled. We were still doing some business. This is probably all getting cut anyways. Kobe, hit it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.